0: Open your Bibles if you would to Hebrews, the second chapter. You know what? I am so grateful to see you all here tonight. This is going to be our final service for social distancing distancing. Let's come on. Is that awesome? Not that not that we have to be careless, but I tell you right now, you know. No, no, no. Yeah. Amen. Sunday we'll be back at the altar. Amen. And I'm grateful that all this is behind us. And just again, I say this because I mean it. Uh, Be praying for our president because he has a a huge plate uh, uh, trying to orchestrate the direction of our nation, getting it back on top. And I'm believing that we're going to have the best year ever, uh, the last six months of this year. I'm talking about spiritually in every other area of our life. Amen. In Hebrews, the second chapter, I talked about this and read this scripture on Sunday, and it just bounced out at me. And really felt that I needed tonight to address the subject of the fear of death. Uh, The fear of death. In Hebrews, the second chapter, uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church, he says in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he he also himself likewise took part of the same. Why? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That's past tense. He doesn't have it anymore. Who had the power of death, that is the devil. And uh, um, that, uh, and devour, and, excuse me, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Just, and I, I thought about that. I can't imagine what it must be like. I have talked to a couple of doctors who told me that when they had a couple of experiences where when people were dying, they were, they were screaming out in terror as they were dying. And I cannot imagine, uh, first of all, gambling your eternity I can't imagine not for one moment stopping to think, <clears throat> you know, what is real? What is for real? Because this natural life is very temporal. It's nothing compared to eternal life. And yet people will risk for the, quote, unquote, pleasures of this world, they'll risk it and not get serious with God. And if that door ever closes and you accept in eternity without the Lord, I can't find any scriptural evidence that you can get saved after you're, after you're gone. But anyway, I can't imagine being, being not ready. And, and that, of course, is our calling in life and ministry. This is our mission as believers is to help prepare people for eternity. If you believe that, it's amen. amen. So he says, he says, one more time, he says that, that Jesus took part of the same, meaning he became flesh and blood, that through death you might destroy him that had the power of death, that the devil, he no longer has it, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The coronavirus uh, created a mountain of fear that literally spread throughout the nations. I mean, the nations. Why? Because it was killing people. And nobody, people want to live, they don't want to die. I don't, I don't uh, mean to, you know, make light of death. And, um, but uh, what I was surprised was the impact that it made on the church universally and locally. I'm talking about the, 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 the force of fear, the spirit of fear. Uh, fear of dying, that's what surprised me the most. And I really wanted tonight, just take us some scriptural evidence about uh, life. How many believe that you have eternal, everlasting life? And we, of course, we're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, suggesting that we believe to go home early. I believe that we are, uh, are we, uh, I believe that that 120 years of life belongs to the church. Uh, you know, that God set, established in his word. I believe that Psalms 91 is for the church. Uh, however, because we live in a fragile world, uh, mistakes can be made by people, and I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that there have been people that trusted in Psalms 91, stood upon the word of God for a long life, but all of a sudden found themselves in eternity because of the mistakes of others, uh, uh, because because we're all human in, in that respect. Can I have an amen? We don't know what's going to happen when we step out these... Yes, we trust God. We, we trust God. We believe God, but at the same time, because we're... We're part of Demi, on the outside and spiritual on the inside. Uh, I, I, and I also believe that if we are schooled and instructed under the leadership of the Holy Spirit long enough and close enough, He's going to warn us to not to. He's going to warn us not to do certain things or not to go certain places in our lives. Uh, uh, down that street over here, over there. Can I have an amen? So we don't have to be in the mall uh, being shot by a shooter. Uh, the Holy Spirit said, "Don't go there today." So I believe that also. But I do believe because we live in a fragile world that things do happen. And good people, wonderful people, godly people, spirit-filled people, God-fearing people end up in eternity. Which is, which is okay because eternity is the beginning of life. It's not the end of life. Can I have an amen? It's something that we all look forward to. Now, there are two kinds of death in the Bible. You all know this. Spiritual death and a natural death. Okay? And Jesus came to destroy both. And to restore to humanity what Adam lost in regards to his relationship with God is to restore us back to God, our creator. And, of course, he was successful at that. Now, in Hebrews 9, I'm going to read this, and then we're going to come back to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 9, it says this, just as it is appointed for all men, believer or unbeliever, to die once or to once to die, uh, And after that, the certain judgment, even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, once and once for all. And the many he's referring to, how many believe that Jesus died for the sins of all? So when he says the many here, he's simply referring to the ones who respond to it. Because we have a will, right? We can will to accept or reject this wonderful gift that God provided. Okay, let's go on. So, uh, uh, but to, and then he goes, watch this, nor to, uh, let me say this again. He took upon himself to bear as a burden the sins of many once and once for all, will appear a second time, watch this, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to bring, this is the amplified, to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, patiently waiting for and expecting him. Now, he's not talking about salvation there because sinners don't, sinners don't fall into that category of eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting and expecting him, do they? So, so when he talks about salvation, he's talking about our full salvation. And see, we won't get our full salvation until two things happen. Either we give up this natural life or Jesus returns, okay? And, and, and so that there is a divine transformation of us from this temporal to the eternal. Uh, amen. So uh, we then when we receive our full salvation, we will literally put on Christ as he is. We will have his glorified body. Is that exciting or what? We'll have a body like unto his, not susceptible to temptation, not susceptible to failure, not susceptible to, temp- uh, to the lust of the flesh, the light. I mean, it's going to be glorious to be clothed with Christ. Shout amen if you believe it. Now let's go back to Hebrews 2 verse 8. This is the New Living Translation. It'll be on the screen for you. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death, and I put it in there spiritually, because it was spiritual death, for everyone, God for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory, and it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering A perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. There's no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. And his name is Jesus, okay, the anointed one, the Savior of the world. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. Isn't that neat? Okay, I thought it was neat. We have the same Father as Jesus does. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters, For he said to God, his father, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. And he also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children that God has given me. He was just saying, he was saying about us, we in Christ will always put our trust in God. Do you hear that? We in Christ have a future because we trust in God for our futures. Whether they are temporary And I mean, whether they're short or they're long, we trust God either way. How many are ready for heaven? If you had died tonight, you'd be ready for heaven. Isn't that a comfort in your soul? Isn't that a comfort to know that we don't have to be afraid of what is ahead? We don't have to be afraid of COVID-19 because, like I said, Sunday, there may be a COVID-20, a COVID-21, 22, and we cannot hide from our calling. We are, Jesus didn't hide from the lepers, lepers. He didn't hide from those that were diseased. He went to give them the good news and to set them free. Say, say this out loud. I am anointed by the Holy Spirit to give hope to people and set them free. Amen. That You are. Okay. Now, because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only, watch this. Only as a human being could he die. See, Jesus could not. Now we shared this before, but see, physical death is a is a is the offspring of spiritual death. Adam, there was no such thing as death in Adam's life till he was first separated from God. Once he died spiritually, then it took some time. About four hundred years later, he died physically. Do you understand that? So Jesus couldn't die for the sins of the world in his glorified uh, deity. He had to step in to clothed in flesh to the virgin birth so that he qualified to be the sin bearer for the sins, listen, of all the world. Not just our sins, but the sins of all the world. Amen? Okay, so only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had, that's past tense, the power of death. Only in this way could he set people or set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Now, born into this natural or earthly family and born again into the spiritual family of God are two different births. You know that. Every natural birth, this is the way it's supposed to be even though because of sin, it's different today. But the, 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 the what do you call it? The, um, the, the perfect will of God regarding to natural births is simply this. It's a husband and a wife come together through that physical intimacy based on the foundation of God's love, and through that, seed is planted, and an egg is anointed, and all of a sudden, the likeness of you two of that love relationship comes to fruition. Isn't that right? Well, see, it's the same spiritually. Praise God. When when you be, when you believe the word of God, and you become pregnant. It literally, he talks. First Peter talks about that. The divine sperm of God goes inside of you and impregnates you, and you become born again on the inside. You have a spiritual birth on the inside. Hard to explain. But how many got a spiritual birth on the inside? And hard to explain, but it's real. I said it's real. Amen. And you know it's real. So, hallelujah. So, um. So, while a spiritual birth is the fruit of spiritual love, amen, natural birth is the fruit of, of, um, of the love between two people, a husband and wife. So, as earthlings, we are schooled, and all this is, as earthlings, we are schooled and trained to, be, to live by our five physical senses. And then, when you get saved, then you have to be trained to live by the sixth sense called faith, amen. It says in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Living by faith, listen, is trusting in the leadership of the Holy Spirit that he's going to help us exemplify, first of all, the nature of God, which is the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, and also to help us live our lives within the boundaries of God's word. Amen. Why? So that we can be godlike to a world that is ungodly. Okay, And we who have experienced this second birth called being born again, have an inward hope of an eternal, everlasting life. Now, I have no evidence of that except through scriptures. Yes, we hear of stories of people went to heaven and they came back, and it's wonderful. It's inspiring, amen. But, but how, how many agree that that don't really help you because you haven't experienced it, right? Amen. And and yet it's real. We've heard the stories. And I believe that God gives us stories to encourage us, to inspire us to know that there is an eternity waiting for us. There is a family of God who are there now. Many of your family relatives, maybe your grandpas and grandmas, you know, my family, some of my family are there, you know, and I'm grateful. It's going to be the greatest homecoming that we could ever imagine. uh, Amen? Amen. There'll be no no hard feelings between cousins. (laughs) Amen? Oh, look who's here. Man, I didn't think they'd make it. What a bummer. No, I just, (laughs) there won't be any of that. (laughs) There's one person I did not want to see in heaven, it's you. No, you won't be that. We'll all be happy, won't we? We'll be rejoicing together. You're laughing because you know it's true. Amen. Yet, listen this. An everlasting life with Christ. Yet we cannot inherit the fullness of this eternal promise without confronting this enemy called death. Death. And I'm in, back to Hebrews, and we'll just read this one more time in the New Living Translation, Hebrews 2, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil and had the power who had the power of death. Only in this way could he he alone, nobody else, could set free all who lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Why is fear associated with death? Number one, as earthlings, listen, inherently, we know we're to live forever. Inherently, that's in us, that we're to live forever. God put that there. Even as earthlings, Adam lived, Adam was going to live forever. In a physical, in an earth suit, God made it to live forever. And because of his transgression, crossing the bondages of God's word, we know that that day he died, and he died spiritually separated from God, okay? But God put that inside of us. Listen to this. On the other hand, when life is cruel and filled with hardship and suffering, sometimes it looks better if we could just get to the other side. And there's not one person that hasn't thought or have dealt with hardships in your life that say, man, I wish I could just get to heaven. I won't ask for uh, uh, hands, but that is true. It happened to the Old Testament beliefs. It happened to Elijah. Elijah wanted to get to heaven. He said, "I'm the only one left." And God said, "Hey, no, there's seven thousand more that haven't bowed. Uh, you're not alone. Say, I'm not alone." But yet, we deal with hardships in our lives, and there's people. And suicide is not the answer. What's the answer? Trusting God. Say, God has a future for me. Amen. Not only, not only, not not only in eternity, but right now. The here and now, he has a future for all of us. Praise God. Now, listen. Secondly, fear is associated with death because it's an enemy of the zoe life of God. See, God wanted us to live forever. And all of a sudden, this, this thing called fear is lodged into the heart of man because of sin. And therefore, we have to deal with that in our lives, even as believers. Death means the ending of what God designed for us. Earthlings in the beginning, which was to live forever in Earth suits, but sin severed man from the promise of our everlasting life, and when that happened, fear entered us also, and so we have, we deal with fear. And we were joking around, uh, you know, about uh, how many raise your hand. If, if, how many have ever scared someone, and you think it's really funny. I've got a little twisting twisted in my head about that. Uh, years ago, we uh, Greg, I think it was even there. We are in the old building, and there are like three bats. Turn did I do this to you, darling? Or did I do it to Jane? I can't remember. And there were three bats flying through the auditorium. And, and, and you were sitting there. You or Jane were sitting in the front row, just right there. And, and I was up in the balcony and took my billfold, and I threw my billfold up like that. And it just so supernaturally floated it <laughs> right over her head and landed in her lap. It jumped up. Ah! She's gotten me back many times since, but (laughs) anyway, in Genesis the third chapter, uh, Adam acknowledged what he did after, of course, he transgressed God's word. He acknowledged this thing called fear. Here's what he said in John uh, Genesis three: "For when I heard your voice, he's talking to God, I was afraid. See, up to that moment." Fear wasn't even in the mind or the vocabulary of Adam. Fear, he had never known such a thing. That's why why it was very very, um, striking to him, very fearful for him to think, God is after me. But God wasn't after him. Yes, God was after him to save him, not to kill him. You know, even in your worst state, God was after you to save you, not to kill you. Isn't that beautiful? Because God is not the author of death. He's only the author of life. Amen. And then once... Uh, once death entered into him, then that fear came, and he was, instead of going to God, he, of course, ran from God. Now turn to Revelation. Revelation, uh, the 12th chapter, we're going to read verse 7, and um, it says, there was war in heaven. Think about that. There was war in heaven, not instigated by God, but by the devil. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the, and the dragon fought against his angels. Watch this. And prevailed not. Somebody shout amen. amen. Neither was there any place found anymore in heaven for, for, for the devil or, uh, well, he tells it here. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. I mean, and Jesus confirmed this to the disciples in Luke 10. Here's what he said. The 70, of course, that he had sent out returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And Jesus' response was this. I beheld. See, Jesus was in heaven, and he said, I beheld, I witnessed Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And behold, I give unto you power... That's the word exociates, the divine authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, death included, fear included, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are shepherded unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in, the ham, uh, uh, in, written in heaven. And so even the Lord witnessed and confirmed that he saw Satan fall from heaven. No wonder the earth has gone through much um, Anguish, because we have an enemy, 1 Peter 5, who walks about to the whole earth seeking whom he may devour. Say, he may not devour me. Amen. Amen. But it is real. I mean, there, there, is a, there is an enemy of your life and of your convict, spiritual convictions that roams out throughout the whole earth. Now, back to Revelation 12. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now watch this. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now we always quote that, but we stop there. But then he goes on and says, And they loved not their lives even unto. It didn't say death. It says the death. Amen. When well, that jumped out of me, because the death. Amen. Everyone, including both sinner and saint, must must face in order to make the transition from the temporal to the eternal. The death. Now we know we've already experienced one death. That's our the separation of us from God when we became sinners. But then Jesus came and tapped on our hearts and we responded to his grace and his love. And when we did, we experienced a resurrection from the dead spiritually. But that doesn't, didn't solve the Adamic nature problem. That this Adamic nature didn't get saved with the spirit nature. So for us, listen, for us to transition to the very hope of the promise of eternal life, we have to, face this enemy called death. Not be afraid of it. Why? Because it's the door to the fulfillment of all the redemption that Jesus paid for on the cross. Amen. That's why I did not, and I wasn't, I mean, I did, it has nothing to do with being spiritual. It has nothing to do with being boastful, arrogant. But I just was not afraid of this thing. I just didn't, Was I careless? No. But I wasn't afraid of it. Because fear has torment. Fear makes you retreat and hide when God wants us to be strong and bold and be a testimony of the goodness of God in the land of the living. Can I have an amen? He wants us to be this way. Amen. So even in death, while denying the preservation of their natural lives, listen, the early church was overcoming the devil. I just think about that. They Even while, even while in fact, I wrote this down. You can read it, Hebrews 11. It talks about all these men and women. I mean, who? I mean, they fought great wars and they won great battles, but then others, others wouldn't deny Christ. They were cut in half. They were they were just they were treated so cruel. I mean, they're so heartless. The enemy is so heartless, but they would not denounce their faith. It's like those twelve Christians who were in orange suits, who the um, the extreme terrorists had them on their knees, and uh, all you got to do is denounce Christ. That's all you have to do, and they just sat there so or knelt there so courageous, knowing that they were about to give their last earth breath. Praise God. They entered into eternity as martyrs for Christ. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Then we get freaked out when the governor says you can't meet. And then they make you look like a fool or some extreme. I mean, they said, uh, Rodney Hart Brown, yeah, and he's got a whole storehouse of guns. I mean, he's just a radical, very dangerous preacher. He had nothing, I mean, no, there were like guys in his church that carry, just like there are guys in our church that carry. But see, that's what the world does. So the more we give into that kind of stuff, the farther we back up. And there comes a time when we have to stop and say, hey, man, we're Christians. We need to stand up for what the Bible says. Can I have an amen? amen. I think we give, far, we give the devil far too much attention and affirmation. And as far as our position in Christ, we know that he's under our feet. And God has equipped us to keep him there, fear included. Amen. Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll read a couple verses there, and then we're going to pray together tonight. First Corinthians 15. Now, the Apostle Paul, how many believe in the resurrection? Well, the Apostle Paul in the early church was dealing with a a. a They call them winds of doctrine in Ephesians 4. And the wind of doctrine for the Sadducees was that there was no resurrection. The Sadducees were part of the Jewish sect, like the Pharisees. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but they didn't believe that the Messiah had come. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of Christ or any resurrection of anything. So Paul is dealing with this, okay? Now listen what he says in verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep or who have died in Christ are lost. Now, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. How many agree? I mean, I'm certain. Now, maybe some of you, you caught caught it quicker than I did. But it almost takes a lifetime to really catch what life's about, and then it's over. Oh, you've worked so hard all year. You work, you know. There's some people that work two jobs. They work six, seven days a week just trying to pay their bills and trying to raise their children. They're working hard. All of a sudden, they blink and they're 70 years old and they go, what happened? And so if this was all there was, it would be very cruel, but there isn't, praise God. Amen. He goes on. So, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep, amen, those believers that have given up this earth life, praise God, they put their hope in Christ, and so they'll be be raised as Christ was raised, okay, for since death, spiritually, came through a man, that's Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, for as in Adam all die spiritually, amen, so in Christ all will be made alive spiritually, all those that put their faith in him, okay? But each in his own turn. Christ, the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Well, look at this last part. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So death is an enemy. But then he goes on and tells us what he did. Let's continue real quick because time is flying by. Verse 35. But some may ask, well, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? And this is Paul's response. And Paul, was, Paul, I'm sure, got frustrated because he understood the law of sowing and reaping. Well, he said, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. See, when we have a... We've done many funerals here at Faith Family Church. We buried a little baby at a few months old. We buried a little boy at five years old. So we buried from young to old people. And when you see that body going into the ground, what that, what that should be to us, a witness to us that we are burying the temporal so that, so that the eternal can be raised up you're burying that seed because, and that seed will never come up again. It goes into the ground. But what comes up is a seed like an unto it, which is eternal. I'm talking about our lives. You bury the temporal, but the eternal is raised up. Let's go on, and he'll he'll share this. He'll talk about this. No, excuse me. Um, When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be. But just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. You don't have to be confused. If you put corn into the ground, that seed's not going to come up. But what's going to come up? Corn like it, right? Like it, okay. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another. And fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind, the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another, the stars differ from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is so imperishable, it is raised imperishable. Don't think for one minute that God is going to waste what he made. What about those in the ocean? Isn't that funny? Last night, we're, um, one of our shows we kind of like to watch is America's Got Talent, just because I like the talent, enjoying the talent of people. And last night, there was a guy on there, a black gentleman, who spent 38 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And I thought, how horrific. But guess what got him out? DNA. What they can do today in science, they couldn't do in 1982 when he was imprisoned. Amen. So he served 38 years for a crime he didn't commit. But he got free because of something called DNA. Amen. And as long as he keeps his heart tender, and, and if he's born again, serves God, hey, he's got a whole eternity to look forward to. Can I have an amen? You can't, you can't right write right a wrong right, but you just have to go on and live your life. And, um, but praise God, there is an eternity Amen. Where am, I, where am I at here? Help me. So, so, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now, if there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, a life-giving spirit. Again, remember this. The first thing that God created was not the spirit of man. He created the body of man. He formed him out of the dust the ground. That was the first. The natural was the first. When we came out of our mother's womb, what was formed? The natural was formed, but the life of the man was on the inside. So when God breathed that life into Adam, praise God, it was, he was to live forever in that state. But transgression cut and severed that relationship, eternal relationship with God. And so Jesus, as the last Adam, came to fix that and reconnect us with God on the inside so that he could give us a glorified body like his. Is that awesome or what? Oh, my point in bringing up the DNA, people say, what's going to happen to people that were lost in the ocean? Hey, God, has, God is God, and he has collected all the DNA from everybody. He's not going to lose anybody. <laughs> and I know that's hard to understand, but that's God, that's God talk. Right? That's God talk. You can't figure that out with your mind. Let's go on. We've got to finish this. So, the, so um, am I at 48 46? Okay, thank you. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. I just said that. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, correct? The second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are uh, born of the earth. And as as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are are of heaven. So we are of heaven because we're born again. See, there's two things going to happen as far as we know. When you step into eternity... Two things, the, the, there's two destinations. E- eternal life with God or eternal death separated from God in a place called Hades. I've, so that's all I know, okay? So what we want to do is try to help people, prepare people for, to, uh, for heaven so that they don't have to go to the place that Jesus already paid for them to keep them out. Amen. Amen. The, uh, they, they, they did a study and they said, they said this percentage is like 1% of believers have ever led someone to the Lord. I mean, how can God, I mean, we've got to be awakened to our calling. How many are grateful you're saved tonight? How many believe that every sinner around you deserves what you got? How will they know except you tell them? Mm -hmm. As was the earthy, after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust. The second man, I read that. Okay, okay. Verse 49, and just as we have been born the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Now, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. That's why we have to face death. Because this is not going, unless, unless, believe in the rapture, or or, or the second coming, whatever you believe, uh, unless that happens, your body's going back under the ground. And so that's something that, you know, again, you have to say, okay, God, I'm ready for that. Amen? I walk with God. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it at the age of 20. I'm ready for it at the age of 40. I'm ready at the age of 70 whatever. We have to be ready, okay? Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep or die physically, but we will all be changed. Here it is. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, uh, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he says this, Where, where, O death, is your victory, and where, O death, is your sting? Doesn't have anymore. Jesus took it. Death has no more victory. Okay? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore my dear, dear brothers stand firm. Meaning what? The best is yet to come. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So stay true to God. Stay true to God. There, you can't explain sometimes when things happen. Do You remember that little boy that I, I you know, prayed for, uh, had a funeral for, five years old. I mean, how do you explain stuff like that? Five years old, had been coming to church, got saved here when he was like three, loved Jesus, sang about Jesus, happy, you know, just a little, awesome little boy. And uh, his dad put his foot down one night and said, my boy's going to Catholic catechism. She'd, they'd been raised Catholic, but mom brought all the kids here. And um, dad didn't come here, but they came here. I don't like anything like that, but that was happening. And uh, so he put his foot down. And he said, this Wednesday, my boy's going to, to, to the uh, Catholic catechism. And his wife uh, said, okay, uh, that's fine. You can take him. That night, that very Wednesday night, he stepped out of the pickup, jumped out of the little pickup. That little boy ran out of the, behind the pickup right into an oncoming car and was killed. That's, just a, that's horrific. That's horrific. How do you explain that? So I'm driving down the road one uh, the, the, like a day later in my truck, and they've asked me to do the funeral, and I said, well, I really, if, if, uh, if her husband, if he's, you know, if he's not in I don't want to do that. No, I've already asked him, and he said, you can do it. So I prayed, and I'm telling you the truth now. And I prayed, and I said, Lord... And I said it kind of frustrated because, how do you explain I said, Lord, what am I supposed to tell that family who have just lost a five-year-old boy? What am I supposed to tell them? Just like that, he spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you. In my spirit, he says, you tell them I didn't take him, but I did receive him. Pretty powerful, huh? I didn't take him, but I did receive him. So God is not the destroyer. He didn't take anybody. That's the most frustrating thing when it comes to these religious preachers who, at a funeral, you know, tell people that God need them. No, no, no. thank God for heaven. But we are to live a long life on this earth. Amen. Amen. Yes, we can make mistakes. Life is very fragile. I'm sure that his daddy lived for years with that. You know, why in the world did I do that? You know, or why didn't I stop and open my door and walk around and take him by the hand across the street? I'm sure he lived and he didn't his 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 daddy didn't deserve that either. But it's just that's it's just the rebellion can be it can cost you a lot. Amen. But I want you to know that heaven is real. It's real. And the last verse I want to read Revelation twenty-one. And I want to read this because it's something that you and I have to think about and look forward to. This is Revelation twenty-one, verse eight one. Now, John speaking. He said I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I and I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That word tabernacle is a beautiful word because in, in, word because in the book of John, the first chapter, verse 14, right that John 1:14, the Bible says that Jesus, uh, the Son of God dwelt among men. The word dwelt means tabernacled. He tabernacled among us to bring us redemption, okay? And he... Will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and there will be no more death. There will be neither any sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely, and he that overcometh, that word is the word Nike. He that subdues, conquers, prevails, and gets the victory shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, and the, that? the fearful and the unbelieving, um, and the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, and the adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's why. Number one, we have to be confident of where our destination is. Otherwise, we'll, otherwise we'll, just, we, otherwise we'll be just like the world. We'll be, we'll be cowering in fear, hoping that we, you know, are safe and the world around us is dying and going to hell when, when we don't have to be afraid because, praise God, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Can I have an amen? We have, a, we have an answer for the world. We're not the problem. Of the, we have the answer for the world. Amen. I'll Bow your head. I to pray for you, musicians. You can come and and uh, and I hope this helped y'all tonight. Just uh, praise God. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of death. I have literally been honored to pray, not for a lot, but to pray for. A handful of older people that were on our deathbeds, and what a joy it is when they respond, when they respond and pray with you, and they're weeping and crying. And God is so loving and so merciful that He He will save, He will save to the last second of someone. Jesus God is not looking for someone to send to hell, He's looking for someone to save. Jesus paid the price. So that everybody could avoid it. Okay? So you and I have a calling. If Jesus says we're the salt of the earth and the, and the light of the world, then we are. I said then we are. Amen. And if darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness to people, that should even make us even brighter. Amen. Brighter. But I wanted to pray. As you bow your head, I want to pray for you tonight. And just, just simply say... I thought about this, you know, today as I uh, said, so how do I close this meeting? I just wanted to pray. If any of you here tonight have, you know, you, you've got some kind of a fear factor in your life. You want me to pray for you. I mean, there are people, there's, there's, there's people, there's many people afraid of the dark. People are afraid of snakes, afraid of spiders, you know. Uh, you're afraid of all sorts of things. But, but God has not given you a spirit of fear. So it's coming from somewhere. Amen. And so I just wanted to pray for you tonight. Because I believe it's important that you walk in the freedom that God paid such a great price for. Why? So that you be confident and ready to invest those freedoms in other people's lives who really, really are absolutely in dire need of eternal answers to their lives. And I really, I, I, I don't want to lose that in our church at Faith Me Church you know, uh, our, when we have the sign of this, our sole purpose is souls, is that something that, that, that has been part of our lives. And I don't want to lose that. I, don't want, I want that anointing to be upon your life, that when you're going around and people are just crying out that, that you will listen to the unction of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and when he says, "Say something to someone, you'll have the courage and the boldness to say it. You know, in life, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. God wants you to be compassionate. He wants you to be merciful. He wants you to be tender-hearted in regards to other people's pain. But he also wants you to open your mouth and tell people that Jesus loves them and cares for them. Amen. So if you're here tonight, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm dealing with an area of fear in my life, and I would like you to pray for me. Lift your hand, I'll pray for you. Anybody like that? You got certain something in your life that you're dealing with you want me to pray over? Amen. I see that hand and the others thank you Lord thank you you can put your hands down anyone else thank you Father amen and I don't want you to be afraid any longer of all the propaganda that the news puts out there you put your hope in God God is our Savior say God is my Savior amen Father I just pray tonight for the church Thank you, God, that you haven't given us a spirit of fear. Abba, Father, thank you that you've given us a spirit of faith. Can you give them praise for that? And, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just pray for those that lifted their hands. And, God, I break that spirit over their lives in Jesus' precious name. Father, I pray that because they've allowed me to. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, I declare their freedom from fear. Their freedom from fear tonight. In Jesus' precious name, let's all lift our hands right now and give God praise for that. God, thank you. And Lord, I pray tonight that, God, you will use all of us between now and Sunday to invest love, compassion, God, your your mercy into someone's life, to bring them comfort, to bring them deliverance, to bring them healing, God of heaven. Father, send us into the highways and the byways, God, that we might be a great blessing and a hope to those, God, that are living in fear today. And Father, we thank you for that, in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, "Amen,", amen. and "Amen." Well, if you enjoy, to give God a good shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Heaven, Vicky and I used to sing a song years ago. Heaven sounding sweeter all the time. Heaven sounding sweeter all the time. I got on the piano today. I sang a song for Brady, uh, and uh, another old song about heaven. Uh, Maybe that was the song. It goes, Heaven sounding sweeter all the time. Seems like lately it's always on my mind. Someday I'm going to leave this world behind. Heaven sounding sweeter all the time. <laughs> Amen.